What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Bat Flip, where we dis- discuss everything baseballs. I'm Landon Raby, with me Dylan Taylor, Caleb Mitchell in here as well. Well, let's start off with the good news. We won the East, second time in a row, Kings of the East. So, suck on that, everybody who wants to put us at number two. Um, you know, a weekend we we can't wait to forget. I think it just goes to show baseball is a brutal sport. You got to have a short memory, um, take it on the chin, and move on to the next one. And um, it, it sucks. It was just this whole weekend just not great. The The weather not great. The city of Lexington obviously not great. Um, base, base running, hitting wasn't great. Pitching wasn't phenomenal. Get errors in the field. I mean, just a whole lot of mistakes. And Tennessee's kind of mo this season has been, you know, not make many mistakes. And when other teams make a mistake, we capitalize on it. And that just wasn't the case this weekend. Just again, not great. Not not a. It's just a very odd weekend. So, you know, let, let's get into this thing a little bit. Tennessee loses their first series of the season to a not so great Kentucky team. Again, baseball's brutal. And if you don't come to play, you can get beat on any given night. So, um, Dylan, what, what do you got for this weekend in, in old Lexington, that big blue nation? Has has Lexington ever been great? Absolutely I, I not, no. I, I think our boy Shumpert on Twitter said something about uh, possibly like never seeing the sun shine in Lexington, and it got me thinking I don't, I don't think I ever have either. Never been there, have no desire to go there, but just – in trips in all different sports, I don't think I've ever tuned in and be like, wow, Lexington really looks like it's hopping today. I mean, I, yeah, maybe I'm the only one, but yeah, I mean, I just, mean, I've been there twice and it was piss pouring rain and freezing cold when I was there. So I just add that in, add, add that to the collection of rave reviews that I've heard about Lexington, yeah. Kentucky. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, it, it sucks, especially because I sat on this very program last week and expected a sweep. Now, I don't think anybody's going to fault us for expecting sweeps out of this team. You Losing the series tough, yeah. I mean, you, you won the division second year in a row. Vanderbilt didn't. Let's just be <laughs> sure that that's abundantly clear. One, one to nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, they, I'll talk about that later. But the, the Vanderbilt fans that make it their mission – to bring up Tennessee's downfall when you, you literally don't have a sport over us anymore. Like all you have is baseball for forever. And now that's gone. I'll get into that later. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I mean, it, it was just an odd weekend. Yeah. I don't, Tennessee didn't look like Tennessee. They're still the number one team in the country, no matter what outlet drops them. They didn't play like the number one team in the country, but like we were saying before we came on, it's not a recency bias poll. It's a, it's a body of work poll, so they're they're still the number one team in the country. You, I was gonna say you figured you would lose an SEC series at some point. You didn't think it would be this one, and as you got later on, later on, and kept winning them, you you kind of did wonder, hey, they may not lose one, but I don't think it's the end of the world. I'll get into more why later, but I mean, it sucks now, but you you still the East is still yours. It didn't take away from anything in the grand scheme, so. It's a bad weekend, but kind of just get out of Lexington. Yeah, and every game Tennessee has lost this season, including this weekend, has been freaking close. I mean, we left 16 runners on base on Thursday night, 
and lost by one run in the bottom of the 13th. I mean, that it, it's in, like teams aren't beating, like beating our brains in when they beat us. You know, it, it's by the hair of their chinny chin chin. So, yeah, the people that are just like Oregon State's, they had a really good week. Cool. I mean, we've had a really good four or five months. Okay. Like, cool. Yeah. They, they've lost nine games. We've lost six. We play in the SEC. They play in the Pac 12. Could you imagine what our record would be if we played in the Pac 12? It'd probably be a lot better than it is now. And it's already the best in the country. Yeah. And make no mistake about it. Anytime you leave 16 men on base, you don't deserve to win the game. So no, we're, we're not trying to say that. You know, we were, we were cheated out of anything there. Oh, you know, we we were the better team in that game. We got outplayed. We got outplayed really the whole series. I mean, yeah, you, you were able to avoid the sweep, but shouldn't have been close. I mean, we, we sat on here, I just said, expecting a sweep, not because we're Tennessee fans, obviously, as you can see behind both of us, but because this that's what this team did. So, not, not making any excuses, but, yeah, I mean, you, you don't – it was no surprise to lose that game. Yeah, for sure. And Tennessee was just kind of, you know, we, we kind of mentioned it with that. Tennessee was its own worst enemy this weekend. You know, you had – you left 26 runners on base all weekend. I mentioned, We mentioned 16 in that Thursday night game. Um, in 29 innings, had 10 hits to the first 22 innings of the series. I mean, that's just not – it's not Tennessee, and it's not winning baseball. You know, you're not going to win in this league – leaving 16 runners on base. You're not going to win in this league only having five hits in a game. Um, so credit to Kentucky's pitchers. I, I thought they pitched really well. You know, they they kept Tennessee off balance. And, you know, some of Kentucky's hitters found some barrels and were able to hit. You know, that was another thing. Tennessee's averaging 2.4 home runs per game going into this series. And they have two in the entire weekend. And both were late in the, the third game of the series on Saturday. Yeah, it, it's weird because we, we've seen this team – I mean, yeah, they're obviously far and away the best power-hitting team. I mean, that's not a stretch to say at all when you're when you're leading the country. But we, we've seen them win without hitting the long ball before, which is a good sign, which is part of the reason I'm, I'm still not too worried about this weekend's result because we've seen that they – it's not a live-and-die team by the home run. Now, this weekend, if you watched, if you hadn't watched Tennessee before, you may think that. But, I mean, we've seen top to bottom that this lineup can work all parts of the field with power for contact and consistently do it. So, I mean, it, it was rough to watch just because you don't really – Kentucky's pitchers were good. I don't think they were just – outstanding though it looked like we were just off balance the whole weekend and couldn't couldn't find it yeah yeah and you mentioned last show that um tennessee is going to get hurt by opposing teams stealing bases they stole 10 this weekend on tennessee you know i don't know if if you can really mark that up as the difference in any of those games but it, it did take an effect on Tennessee's defense. You know, the pressure was on, pressure's on those pitchers. I mean, it just seemed they could go whenever they wanted to. And and Kentucky's not a great base-stealing team anyway. They got some pretty good athletes, but it's not like they're, you know, they have Enrique Bradfield Jr. or anything like that. So it was just a, you know, head-scratching, I guess, is the best way to put it. Maybe they, they took advantage of, of the, 
you know, bad weather and, and also Tennessee's pitchers being slow to the plate, Evan Russell being a new catcher back there, I'm sure all that played a, a part in it. But that just seems to be kind of the maybe Achilles heel of Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it's the only thing that – yeah, I've said it before. It's the only thing that gives me long-term concern. Like this weekend, yeah, I mean, you, you, you didn't hit well. You, you didn't do anything well this weekend, though. So it's hard to pick out an outlier, but the one outlier is – the fact that if if we get a if if they get a runner on base, there's a very good chance he's getting a second at least, which is demoralizing for a pitcher to to give up a single and know that it's probably you're basically giving up a double more more times than not. I mean, it's the the not hitting this weekend, the the fielding errors that 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 doesn't concern me because we've seen that that's that, that's not who this team is. The consistently getting beat on the base paths really not not us anything to do with our base running just not being able to stop them I mean yeah I said it before when we, we had that question do you think it hurts us and I said yeah it's it's not a fact of if it's going to hurt us it's when it's going to happen so I mean it's you saw it this weekend I hope I hope that we can fix it before the tournament comes around I, I don't I don't know that there is one fix, though. I mean, the, the pitchers need to be quicker to the plate. But even – I feel like if they were, even with that, I, I haven't seen Evan Russell consistently show that he's got a good arm that can consistently put it on the money. That's not a knock against him either. It's just I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, and, you know, props to him for even being in that position. But, you know – I mean, this is this is big time baseball. So you know, teams see any kind of weakness, they're going to utilize it. And the amount of runners that it, like it, it just feels like it's so easy to take third base, and that shouldn't be the case. Right. So uh, Evan Russell's, uh, I think defensively, other than like you know, obviously that, I think he's been fine at catcher. It's just that one little part in his game, which you know turns into a big part when you're not able to get anybody out. Um has really kind of hurt Tennessee a little bit. And going back to the transfer portal, they get a, a catcher from West Virginia. He retires from baseball. You know, it kind of put them in a, in a tough spot to to land somebody. And, you know, I think that's that's a position they have to address next year too. And maybe maybe it's – maybe it took a weekend like this. Like, like you said, it's it's not the sole reason that we lost, but – Anytime a team just knows they have free reign on the base pass and you can't really do anything to stop them, that's not going to help. I mean, that, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't directly hurt you, like we've talked about, it's it's not it's not going to help you anyway. It can only hurt you. So, like like I said, I don't know if there is a fix, but maybe this was the weekend where they kind of saw like I'm sure. I mean, he's Tony Vitello and Frank Anderson. I'm sure they've already known that this was a problem. I mean, everybody can see that it is. Maybe this is the result that it takes, though, to where they're kind of like, like, like what Luke said about, about the series losses, that maybe they kind of needed it, maybe kind of thought we were invincible and needed to get beat like this to kind of ground us. I'm in that camp with the team, but getting this issue resolved, maybe this was kind of the the bullet that, that makes you do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting to see. Um, you know, when Tennessee got runners on base – couldn't get them in. Couldn't get them across the plate. That's just unlike Tennessee. I think we drew 25 walks in this. So that's 25 easy base runners. 
and you have 12 runs in the series to show for it. I mean, that's just, again, it's just a weird, weird series, and I, I don't really know what kind of happened. It just seemed like every, everything was off. Tony Vitello talked about they had a bus issue, but, you know, he wasn't blaming that on it, but it, it just kind of took them out of rhythm. And, you know, those first three innings of Thursday night's game where you load the bases and get two runs out of it, you get one run in the second, one run in the third. I mean, that's kind of demoralizing. And so, like, you get past that game and you're hoping, you know, Friday, new start, hey, let, let's come out and just drill this team. And it just kind of just – that same energy, that same, like, struggle was there until Luke Lipsius hits that two-run single in the the sixth on Saturday. I mean, that's kind of what it seemed like to me. I mean, what, what – Thursday night, I think Beck, Lipscomb, and Gilbert were all 0 for at one point, like 0 for 5. Like, that's – I don't think it's happened so far this season. Um, and it's probably – if it has, it's been probably one time. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Those are three of the best hitters in the SEC. For them to go 0 for, it's just – I don't know. I don't, I don't know what kind of curse Kentucky had on Tennessee this weekend, but that's definitely what it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it, it's – Anytime you're going to start a rally or not even a rally, just just get things started. It starts with base runners. Now there, there's a second part to that equation. You got to you got to knock the base runners in. It's it is. I mean, you said it. It's you said it's kind of demoralizing. It is like I mean, when when you've got the pond full that many times and you don't get anything. I mean, it's one thing if maybe you don't take full advantage of it, but you know you, you get a sack fly. You at least get something out of it. Tennessee mm-hmm. didn't get any of that this weekend for the for the first two games oh, by yeah. the time the, the series was already over. So I mean it's mm-hmm. again it's it's not something that worries me. We we haven't seen it consistently happen, but it's it's the reason you lost. It's it's no other reason besides leaving base runners on this weekend. Everything else I think you can get by. I think you've seen Tennessee get by and still have success. You can't get by leaving that many runners on base. Yeah, just too many mistakes, striking out with the bases loaded with one out. I mean, you got to put that sucker in play and see what happens. Um, getting picked off on second base, you can't get picked off on second yeah. base. Um, getting doubled off multiple times, I mean, it was just, again, just not great baseball. One fun. They, they looked asleep. Yeah. Just call it what it is. I'm going to blame Lexington. I'm not blaming us. I'm I'm saying it's – Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, leave leave that crap in Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I I don't blame them. There's nothing else to do in Kentucky, so they probably just bored. Yeah, leave that crap in North Alabama. Um, let's get into the games this weekend. Thursday, you lose that one three to two. We mentioned, um, you lose that one from a walk off in the bottom of the thirteenth. Um, again, double plays. And you, you couldn't you couldn't hit the ball. You couldn't get any flow going offensively. Ortega was, I think, three for seven, three for eight. And um he was the only one in multiple hits. He had three out of Tennessee's five hits in the game. They just couldn't get anything done. And it just seemed like Kentucky would hit these little I mean, it would be off the end of the bat and it would bloop right over our infield. Like, it was just something – or they would smash one in a gap. I'm like, dude, we can't smash. We'd smash it be right to some somebody every single time. It was just one of those times. Like, they had the shift on with Drew Gilbert. He smokes one to right field, and 
they have the third baseman right there in, in, in short right field to, to field it and get him out. So, again, just one of those weekends. Um, I, I thought the pitchers pitched good enough to win. I don't think it was anything phenomenal, but when you only give up three to five runs or two to five runs in, in every single game with the, the lineup Tennessee has, you got to feel confident that your, your lineup's going to get you at least five runs. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten a little bit spoiled to this point, seeing, yeah. you know, two-hit complete game shutouts while the offense puts up 17 runs. I mean, that you, you take all that out of the equation, and not, not saying you settle for that, but let's kind of come back down to planet Earth. That's, that's still winning baseball. I mean, Friday night, your pitching staff didn't do anything for our, uh, Thursday night, first game, to, to lose that. I mean, that, that's two runs in any SEC game. I doubt you'll ever get any can coach complain about that. So, I mean, right. that's, I don't put any of the blame there. Main, main part that concerned me was the carryover to Saturday because, like we said, it was such a weird weekend weather-wise. Friday night was a long game. You drop that one, yeah, it sucks, but it, it's not really, not really worried about it. But yeah, seeing that carry over into Saturday, just kind of the same sluggishness. That's that's where it was like we're probably not gonna pull the series out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just more crappy weather on that Friday night game, game two, and um, couldn't hit. I mean, two errors in that game. You score two runs in the fourth. You, you get some um, some extra base hits with that. I mean, those were like winning the lottery this weekend. I mean, we couldn't buy an extra base hit. Um, you get a couple of those in the fourth and, and tie things up. And, or I think it was two to th- or it was three to two at that point. And um, they get a couple of runs later on in that game. You just, I don't know, we just couldn't get anything going again. I, I thought Blade pitched okay. Um, I, I thought Dolander, when he came in, I thought he pitched really well. He pitched four innings, two hits, one run. Uh, 5Ks, zero, zero earned runs, um, and zero walks. So I, I thought he looked like his normal self. Good seeing him getting back out there and really showing what he can do. Let's get into that. Like, what do you do on the weekend rotation now? You've kind of seen it from everybody. Everybody's kind of healthy now. Like, what? What's your? What's your lineup? You, you just give it to me right now. To me, and I know it's it's probably a little more tricky with the postseason, but I kind of been thinking this the last couple of weeks. I, I may have mentioned it on here a uh, a variation of it at least is the mention that maybe some guys need some rest. I'm perfectly fine with you go you go Burns, Dolander, Beam. Then the next week you you rotate in Blade with somebody. The next weekend you you rotate. You don't have to move days necessarily. They can stay on their days, but whoever's kind of subbed out for one week can fill in that spot the next week. I'm fine with that. If you have four starters, at least, I mean, we've seen, I mean, you count Sewell in there, five. I mean, having four, you're probably not going to need him to do that again this year. But in a tournament where it becomes a grind after being a grind all season, we, we've kind of been talking about it all year about having four starters and how do you cut it down to three, not technically, but we, I mean, pretty much I'm fine with just use all four and every weekend, just, just rotate somebody out. Now, obviously 
you don't pull somebody just for the sake of rest if if they're on a stretch like Drew Beam was earlier this year. Obviously, if he was if he was tired then, I mean, he he didn't look like it. So mm-hmm. I, I just I'd say whoever just just get four of them. I mean, they're not. I don't think any of them are going to be selfish about it. I, I, if I'm Tony Vitello, I'm pulling all four of them in every, before every series like that, just saying, be open, be honest. I know it's going, probably going to be tough to get an answer out of them because they're all competitors too, and they, they all want to be out there. But who needs a week? Like, who, who needs to skip a start right now so, so you're better for us next week moving forward? Like, who, who needs this the most? And just work all four of them then. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that idea. Um... I was going to kind of allude to just kind of go back to to where you had it with Burns, Dolander, and and Beam. Um, but, yeah, I like what you said because I do think those arms are getting tired. Those young arms are getting tired. Beam and Burns, I mean, even Dolander too. Um, but he, he's had a little bit of rest here since he got hurt against right. Alabama. Um, yeah, it's just a long season, and, and those guys, I mean – Beam hasn't pitched as much since probably ever. Um, and he didn't. 13. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't pitch when he was um, a senior, didn't pitch that much when he was a junior because of COVID. So, you know, it, it's a lot on those kids' arms. So, I don't know. I mean, it's a weird problem to have because you have these studs um, as freshmen and no one really has that in the country. You know, maybe you've seen that at Vanderbilt a couple times or, or some other big-time programs. But, you know, usually they got some sophomore juniors that can, you know, lead the way in those freshmen, you know, come in as – but we got two guys that, like, how do you replace them? Right. How do, how do you – like, how do you give them a, a break? Because it's not like they're pitching bad. Yeah, they're not, you know, maybe riding that hot streak like they were earlier in the season. But, you know, they're pitching like – they they should win ball games the way that they're pitching. That that's my that's my other scenario is keep it the way you had it and make Blade. I think I've said it before. Make make him like a Kevin Copps role. Okay. Make him to where he he can basically if you if you're in a win or go home game and you don't get off to the best start, say you're down three or four runs after the first second inning and it's clear it's clear your starter's not going to get it done. You've got Blake Tidwell. You're you're bringing in another starter there in the second, third, fourth inning. If something were to go wrong, I'm fine with just making keeping it like you said, keeping it the same how it was all season because none of them have done anything to lose their spot. Right. That this that way you you don't really have to take anybody's spot. You just kind of say, hey, you know, Blade, like you've had the least amount of work. This may be better for you right now. So yeah. I, I'm fine with that scenario too. Yeah. I also thought Chase Burns or Chase Dolander came out and and shoved it out of the bullpen. So I don't I don't know if that has any effect on on how they might use him. But you know he he did look pretty good in, in relief on Friday. But uh, that's the thing too. I think any of them could. From what I've seen with the mental makeup, I think any of them could do that role. So that's yeah, hundred percent. You, you kind of get in the same thing then of well, who's who's going to fill the role? Yeah, I mean if we're going Kevin Copps, like the the more likely guy, I think, would be Drew Beam. Because, like, Kevin Copps didn't – he wasn't hitting 100. He was throwing 93 90 to 95, um, and he was just efficient hitting his spots. And, you know, I think that's – I mean, 
I think Drew Beam's been the, the most accurate when you look at, you know, how many walks everybody else has surrendered, and it's been very few. But I, I think Drew Beam leads them in that category. So, I, I, again, we've kind of mentioned every scenario I guess you could go through. But um, the, the good thing is Tennessee's got a lot of arms, and, the, and they got some, you know, a great problem to have. And um, hopefully you see some guys get some rest and, you know, just – I don't I just want to get past this weekend. At Kentucky weekend, that sucked. I hated watching it. Style-wise, yeah, I would say it probably is Beam that has the has the most comparable stuff. What what I kind of see is I still see the Blade Tidwell from last year that could just be dominant at times and just For like sure. Kevin Copps, you you knew when he was coming in, game's over. Now, obviously, yeah. it didn't end the way Arkansas wanted it to. It hasn't gone the way Blades wanted it to this year, but I still see the flashes of just – being able to just take it over and suck the life out of the opponent. Yeah, I see I see Blake Tidwell there a little bit more, not not going style-wise, just kind of being able to take a game over. But yeah, it's move on from Kentucky. I, yeah. I don't know what else we can say about it, but maybe yeah, Saturday, it was the, maybe it's the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, maybe that, you know, hopefully just threw him off. Hopefully we get it past us because we got two more coming. But uh, yeah, we avoided that sweep. You know, you get a big two-run um, single by Luke, who you know had a rough weekend at the plate, um, but comes up big when you need him to. You know, just like you know, you hope a six-year guy would, and puts Tennessee up four to two. And then the seventh, Mike Concho just puts puts you on his back. Hey, here's a little icing on the cake. Let's let's get the heck out of this place. Um, and I thought Redmond was phenomenal out of the bullpen this weekend. You know, he pitched on Saturday, got the win, um, three innings pitch, zero hits, zero runs, two walks, two Ks. You know, I, I thought he, he looked like one of the top stoppers in the country, you know, and he doesn't, he ain't working with triple digits or even close. So the, the fact that he was able to get it done like that, I, I thought was, you know, Probably really good for him to get that confidence back up and, and really good for this team um, in general. Mike Concho, is is that the most lexicon Kentucky name of all time? Oh, for sure. I, I think mean, it fits in a town like that. I mean, the whole state of Kentucky, I mean, you pick up a you know phone book, there's 800 pages of Mike Honchos. Lexington, uh, Mobile, Alabama, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. The, the Appalachians cool, so. in Tennessee. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it fits. Yeah, I, I loved what I saw from Redmond. Um, I, uh, did, did he have eight Ks on the weekend? Did I see that right? I know he had yes. two. Okay, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. he he continues to impress with his ability to – it's weird seeing a guy that's not an overpowering guy get as many strikeouts as he does. And I know it's the funky release. That's got to be what it is because it looks it looks filthy just on television. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. Um, if there was one other thing besides the catching and, you know, getting people out on the base pass, what is one thing that you'd like to see maybe not change but maybe improve or, or something like that on this team? Um, thing it's like it's not it's not bothering you, but it, it every time you see it, you're just like, man, I wish that was a little fixed because I'm a perfectionist. I mean, we, I, I would say it seems like there's 
some odd fielding errors at times on plays where you, you shouldn't have. But even that, I think I'm putting that more in comparison to MLB players. I mean, you, you it's easier to turn a game on right now on TV and find an MLB game, even though it's terribly hard to watch the Braves, even though I'm less than three hours away from them right now. It's too, due to blackouts because no sport kills their sport like professional baseball. But that's <laughs> that's another issue for another day. It, it's You get what I'm saying? It's easier to turn on and watch professional baseball players play. So you're used to you, – you don't turn into many MLB games and see just blatant errors like that. Mm-hmm. So some of the errors I see us make, yeah, it's it's bad errors, but I do have to remind myself, like, even though this team is historically good, they are still college players. Like, you're, you're going to have more errors. So, right. I, I really don't know. I'd, I'd have to think about that. That might be the answer. But it, as I say that, though, I'm, I'm kind of like – I'm comparing them to MLB guys. I, I see Trey Lipscomb – make a bad throw at third base, and I, I'm comparing him to Austin Riley in my head, who has a cannon strapped on to his shoulder. So, I mean, right. it's uh, maybe that. Uh, I'll think about it. I'll come next week with that answer. But okay. that, that's that's the only thing that's really maybe kind of a problem. But comparison's the thief of joy. So, maybe that's just the only, the only yeah. thing there. I think mine would be the, the lack of production from a leadoff guy. You know, I think when Jared Dickey went down, I thought that was a huge – that left a huge hole in that lineup. You know, no yeah. offense to anybody who's been up there, Christian Christian Moore, Christian Scott, Seth Stevenson. But, I mean, like – I mean, Seth Stevenson, he got the first hit, he got on base, and he gets picked off. It's, it's just like, God, man, help yourself out a little bit. Uh, or he gets caught stealing or, or stuff like that. It's just kind of a – you know, you don't have to worry about Jared Dickey stealing, really. You know, he's on a threat that way, but the guy's going to get on base. And so, like, even if Seth or some of those guys are getting on base, it, it just seems like they're not making the most uh, of being that leadoff guy. Yeah, I, I get maybe that. Maybe Liam Spence just spoiled us, I guess, is what it, it was. It it's probably a little bit of that. Um, it's probably – I've kind of wondered the same thing with Seth Stevenson specifically. Just because I, I look, I look at guys that have filled that role this year, and they they each kind of have something they do a little bit better. Stevenson obviously is a burner; like he he's fast. I, I don't feel like he plays to his strengths all the time, though. Yeah. I, I feel like if there's somebody that at the beginning of the year, I'm like, man, they they were probably. If you ask me right now, they're probably going to carve out a big, pretty big role in this team that hasn't. It's probably Seth Stevenson. Not trying to dog him or anything or pile on him, anything like that. But I, I know you don't see this team play small ball, really. I feel like Seth, Seth Stevenson could, could really help him. I, I feel like he hit a couple bombs early this year, and maybe that kind of got in his head that, you know, I, I can do that too. That's not that's not him, though. I, I can tell – Sure, he. everybody on this team can hit a bomb. We've seen everybody on this team hit a bomb. With his kind of speed, though, I feel like if if they could get through to him, maybe that if you can just control the bat and ju- just get on base, work counts, that, that's what Liam Spence was so good at, like you mentioned. If you oh, yeah, he, he was having bat. three, two every at bat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you the first the, – the pitcher was not getting 
out of the in, that first inning without less than 15 pitches. I mean, right. it just and Liam Spence was normally 14 of them. I mean, it was insane. <laughs> that math doesn't make sense, but I mean, Seth Stevenson, I, I would just, I feel like he's somebody that in the off season, if he stays, not saying he's going to transfer or anything. Like we we don't know that, but just with how many weapons you have. If he stays, I think it'd be very beneficial for him to sit down with the staff and be like, here's what you do well, use that. Like, yeah. get, just get on base and be smart then. If you want to lay a bunt down, I, I know we don't play as much small ball, but if you can lay a bunt down perfectly down the third base line, nobody's throwing him out. Oh yeah. 100%. If he if he wants, I don't say I'm not saying he has to be a bunt only guy because he's gotten some very good hits this year and has had some good games. But I feel like he's the guy that he he kind of needs to do what Jared Dickey did in in prior off season to kind of find himself, kind of kind of get himself right. Uh, I, I think that would benefit him greatly, and it would benefit the team moving forward. Yeah, because when you, when you get games like you have against Kentucky where nothing's dropping, you know it's hard to get a barrel on a baseball. Hey man, you can use some of that small ball. You know, have that in your in your back pocket where you know if you need it, it you can use it. And you know, he's a guy that like even if you bump back to the pitcher, it's going to be a close play. I mean, the speed he's got. So yeah, I, d- I definitely think that should just be able to utilize that speed more is what I want to see. You, from you mentioned system. Bradfield earlier. That that dude. Every every time he steps in the box, you're not thinking. Oh crap! He could tie it with one swing here, but you're thinking if he gets on base, he's going to be on third, and then mm-hmm. it's then it's just up to the next guy to put it in play. I feel yeah. like Seth Stevenson. I don't know if anybody's as fast as Bradfield is because he is electric. But if you could like just to see a race, yeah. If you if you could be half of what he is, I mean that that's yeah. a dangerous piece to top the lineup. Then right. Um, Georgia comes to town this weekend. You know, we're going to get y'all out of here just in a second. They're coming off two SEC series losses to um, LSU and Vanderbilt. Thank you for losing yesterday. We appreciate it. That helped us clinch. Um, They got one of the best pitchers in the SEC in Jonathan Cannon. You'll probably see him on Saturday. I think he's eight, nine and one, I think is is his record. Um, They got two, only two guys batting over 300. Not a great hitting team. One guy with double-digit home runs. Um, they're last in ERA. They're the worst team when you look at strikeouts, um, hitting-wise. You know, they strike out the most in the SEC. And then uh, I think this is a good thing for Tennessee. Least amount of steals in the SEC is is the Georgia Bulldogs. So, you know, maybe – I'm sure Evan is like, oh, thank God. Um but yeah, so you, I mean, I'm sure they're going to try to utilize it a little bit, but I don't think you'll see them, you know, especially if it's nicer weather than it was in Lexington. They ain't stealing 10 bases on Tennessee this weekend. Or at least not the level that we've seen other teams do it so far. Right, right. Um, and they dropped out of the top 25. So, you know, they're going to come in, they're going to be hungry. They, they're, you know, dogs, puppies, whatever you want to call them. Um, well, let's get into our MVP real quick. I'll go Dolander just because it it's right. it, it was in a loss, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm right. It wasn't that Friday. It was the second game, or was that the yes. Saturday? Yes, okay. that's right. Yeah, it, it was in a loss. So I mean, it's tough. I mean, obviously Mike Concho, but I, I gave it to him last week, if I remember right. 
I I like seeing it from Dolander just because I wanted to see how he respond in extensive action to his injury, and he hit him and Redmond both. You, you could go with either one of them or or Jordan, but I'll, I'll go Dolander just because I think it would have been easy. I think it would have been easy when he got hurt to kind of get down on himself, be like, you know, I've, I've had this great year. Is is Blade going to take my spot now? And he he came right back out and looked like the old Chase Dolander. So I'll, I'll give it to him just for his mental makeup as much as anything else. There you go. Um, yeah, I want to go Mike Honcho, but didn't get as many hits as I wanted to to put him past Redmond. I, I'm going to go Redmond Walsh on this one. I do think Jordan Beck kept you in that game on, on Thursday night and kind of iced it on, on Saturday. But uh, Redmond, six innings pitch on the weekend, three hits, zero runs, three walks, eight Ks. Stud. Throwing 85. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. <laughs> Lobbing it in there. Yeah. My gosh. Um, yeah, re- really big for, for him. Hopefully we're able to turn this – thing around put these put this series past us hey the good thing is we don't have to play in lexington again this season or maybe next those, year we're not playing next year either and those white lexington off the face of the earth uh, i would i, would I don't know if you say that, that on twitter but it's just a proposal <laughs> yeah right or, or maybe just play indoors if y'all are going to have the weather that you do we'll just play indoors bring back the astrodome no i talked to a kentucky fan that that i'm acquaintance with i won't say friend but i'll say acquaintance Good catch. um he, he said that lexton's the the weather definitely pukes on itself oh wait. that was a that was a phrase he used so if i look up the weather in lexington kentucky right now and it's over 85 degrees there i'll 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 give you a hundred bucks i mean <laughs> <laughs> how how was the kentucky derby so it looked gorgeous there and it's in louisville right how was it that bad that was great camera work, Caleb. That's all that was. Dude, it looked gorgeous. I mean, and they, they play on dirt. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Louisville is a beautiful place. Lexington, though, it's that, yeah. It's where dreams go to die. Casting spells and stuff, yep. I blame I, I blame Rupp. That, it, this is all his fault. The racist? <laughs> yeah. Racist yeah. Car, it's just karma, and it's I, affecting I'll us. So, you know, thanks a lot. But, guys, that's all we got. We appreciate y'all listening. Um, we'll be back next Monday, hopefully with a win over Georgia, and and then we'll be a consensus number one team again. I don't think you'll have to worry about that. So, uh, the Vanderbilt rider, she sucks. She's with a terrible outlet. The Tennessean is one of the worst papers of all. Do they even – do they do we even have papers anymore? Is that a thing? Hey, yeah, who reads in the newspaper? Yeah, right. I, I mean, whatever. But yeah, she's a she's a trash can. Um, if you're you know think Tennessee shouldn't be ranked number one, I don't I don't really know what to tell you. The resume is sitting right there in front of you. So, guys, thanks again. That's all we got. Peace out.